to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. with our first episode of 2021. We're so excited about what this new year has in store for Talk FX. And I just want to say again, as I've said in our wrap-up episode of 2020, that we are so thankful to all our listeners who have supported us through 2020 and are continuing to support us in this new year. Um, We really hope that we're able to reach and encourage more Fragile X families this year as well. Um, That is a huge goal of ours. Um, On today's episode, I'm joined with Kelsey. Um, She's been on countless episodes with us, so she's a pro. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you for your time and I know we had some technical difficulties getting started, but you know, what's a, what's a podcast episode without technical difficulties? <laughs> exactly. We just hope we can stay connected. I know. Um, well, I'm really excited to dive into today's topics. Um, I felt like it would be great to kind of start off with a question that I asked um, actually our followers on Instagram Um right as we were hopping into 2021 and I got some really encouraging uh answers so for those that didn't see um that post um we posted a question uh what has fragile x taught you um and that's not just like what has it taught you in 2020 um it's just like what has fragile x taught you since you know it's become prevalent in um your own life and so I feel like that'd be a great way to start off our, um, our first episode of 2021, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, of course. So, yeah, and that's, that's a very, um, could be a vast array of uh, answers to that question. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. Um, but yeah, so Kelsey, let's put you in the hot seat. Um, what, <laughs> what has Fragile X taught you just, you know, as a carrier and even just as a parent of a cute little boy with Fragile X? Oh, gosh. Well, um, honestly, it's taught me a lot um, of patience, um, which I still don't have a lot of. But Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing for sure, it's, it's just a matter of, um, you know, I, I know a lot of special needs parents, not just fragile X, always refer back to the um, Welcome to Holland poem where you're not so much expecting to go to Holland and you show up there and you just kind of have to um, go with the flow and, and adjust to things differently and appreciate what Holland has to offer. So um, it's taught me uh, that I don't always need to have everything prepared and always know what to expect. It's kind of taught me to, um, like I said, go with the flow because 
when you're expecting to have a child and um, being as my, my first and only uh, son has fragile X full mutation. I expected in the beginning to have this wonderful pregnancy and this beautiful bouncing boy and everything was going to be perfect and typical. And when um, things went a little different or a lot different than what I expected, um, it just was a matter of, um, you know, going through the motions of being disappointed and just having to figure out how to be accepting and um, adjust to a different way of thinking. And I think that's for everything that Carter, my son, has taught me. It's, um, Mom, your plan doesn't always uh, work out the way that you thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think that's probably the biggest thing that, that the journey so far has taught me is just to um, keep your expectations low and kind of just ride the ride and try to be the best passenger possible and have the best attitude about stuff. Right. Absolutely. That that's a great perspective to have. It can definitely be hard to, you know, take it day by day, which is kind of basically what you're saying is, right. you know, you have to take things day by day sometimes and, you know, be okay with, with if there's chaos or if things go well. Um, but, you know, in, in my own life, you know, I don't have any kids yet with Fragile X. I don't know. Um, obviously what that's going to look like, but, you know, I've been a part of my, you know, cousin Nathan's life, um, his, his whole life. And, um, I've watched him grow up and I've watched my aunt, um, step into, uh, motherhood of a, you know, child with, with, um, developmental delays. And, um, she, you know, we have, we have very similar personalities. We, we both, um, we both are planners. We both are kind of people that, that like to prepare and, and I've watched my aunt, um, you know, have to just learn how to take it day by day. Um, because, you know, yes, Nathan is routine based. Um, he, he absolutely thrives on a routine, but sometimes, you know, things don't go the way that, um, you know, they generally do. And I watched my aunt become more and more patient and flexible with that. And that's been a huge encouragement to me. Um, as you know, I potentially or not potentially prepared to have a child with, um, fragile X and, you know, um, I am technically a full mutation fragile X carrier. I'm one of the rare, females that actually is a full mutation and not just a pre-mutation carrier, which, you know, just means you could pass on the, the, um, gene to your, to your children, but I actually possess fragile X without any of the, you know, um, behavioral or developmental characteristics of it. And, um, honestly, like at first when I found out my diagnosis, I allowed it to, uh, dictate, uh, who I was and I allowed it to define, uh, who I was and I allowed it to, um, 
make me think that each thing that I struggled with in school, whether it was, you know, math or what have you, like, I thought, oh, that's because of Fragile X. And I had to learn that, no, that is not why I struggle with those things. I struggle with those things because I just need extra, you know, um, assistance in, in becoming better at those things. And, right. Yeah. Um, and I think that even with um, individuals with Fragile X, like my cousin, they also have to learn that Fragile X does not define them. It is a part of them, but right. um, it does not define who they are as a person. The choices that, that each of us make on a daily basis and um, how we choose to live our lives each day that has a huge part in how we define ourselves and how we, who we grow up to be. Um, I have always seen Fragile X as simply what it is, which is a developmental uh, delay. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's something that you can't, um, you can't work at, like you can't get better at skills. Of course, like, you know, five years ago, my cousin Nathan was not as, uh, independent as he is now. Um, yeah, exactly. It just, ta- it just takes a little bit more time than the more typically developing individual. And just like your son Carter, I'm sure that like last month or the month before he wasn't doing something that he is now. And um, it's just really about that, that patience and that time and just not allowing the diagnosis itself to define you because uh, that's definitely what held me back um, just in my own personal experience is, you know, it helped held me back from just living my life and doing yeah. what I could control. But, you know, that's just my perspective. You have an incredible perspective as a parent who, who has to, you know, um, who is affected by fragile X in a, in a different way. And it's, and it's taught you not only as a parent, but also as a carrier. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you are a prime example of why um, we should never let the fragile X diagnoses um, keep us from, you know, developing families and, um, and making our, our own um, families. I think a lot of, um, my trouble when I found out about my son and myself was, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, have more kids or, or whatever. And, you know, who's to say that my next child might be a girl who might be completely typical or like you, she could have the mutation, but not show any, um, delays at all or anything. So it's, it's a hard gamble. I mean, I know that, um, a lot of people do um, decide not to have more children just because it is a difficult situation, but it's also something that's very livable. And our kids are so loving. I've never met someone so loving and forgiving as my son. And so that's also something that, you know, new families should know to not, not be so scared that they um, shy away from, from living their life and continuing to have kids if they choose so or choose not to, you know, that um, it just really varies. It's, it's kind of a toss up, you know? 
Yeah, because every child with fragile X, some, you know, they struggle with, you know, for aggression. Um, that's a really hard thing, I'm sure, as a parent to have to deal with. Or, you know, whether um, their child struggles with some sort of um, stimming or so- just some sort of um, behavior that's really hard for them to figure out how to how to uh, support them in that or help them in that, find the right, right therapies for it, you know. You can feel like you're struggling as a parent to help your child, Um, but really there's just, there's, there's so, um, many resources to be found in those things. And of course, you know, it, 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 in some ways, unfortunately, it sucks that it depends on where you live as far as like what resources you have, but, you know, they are available and not to mention, you know, just having that, um, uh, fragile X community support, you know, there's all sorts of different kinds of Facebook pages to like find your answers. Of course, the, the big one is that fragile X Facebook page, um, that lots of people post their questions of like, Hey, my son does this. Does anybody else's son do this? And so many people I watch like comment and share their, uh, advice or their own, you know, similar struggles that just really helps that parent out. And so, um, it's a, it's an amazing thing, you know, the, the, and that always reminds me when I see posts like that, and I'm sure it's helpful to you as well, but yes, um, it just reminds me that, you know, we're, we're obviously not alone and, um, obviously, you know, you know, I, I have a faith walk and, I, I have probably a different perspective on, um, on the, you know, journey of Fragile X than maybe other people listening do, and, and that's totally okay, um, but for me and my, you know, soon-to-be husband, we have made the decision that um, if we have kids with Fragile X, then that's, that's totally okay, um, and if we don't have kids with Fragile X, then that's totally okay, too. Um, but we, um, as of right now, we, we don't plan on doing anything to, um, to like, quote unquote, I don't like you, I don't love using this word, but I, uh, avoid having children with, with fragile X because I think either way, um, a child is a child and they're a blessing and yes, um, exactly they can have a uh, very full and awesome lives. Um, your son is so cute. It's not even funny. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> obviously I love my cousin Nathan to death. Every time I get to spend time with him, he constantly just, he humbles me. He reminds me that, you know, the struggles I'm facing are just so temporary and what, what a waste of life if we don't spend it having joy, having more joy, because kids with fragile X have so much joy. It's just like, wow, could you give me some of that? And yeah, exactly. You could argue that, you know, they don't really know what's going on in the quote unquote real world. But honestly, that's a gift to me. Yes, it is. (laughs) That means that, you know, from my viewpoint, the Lord created kids with fragile X so that they could be our examples and reminders that we should have more joy than we do 
you know, fear or uh, frustration or regret, you know, um, I feel like they are our reminders because it's so much easier for them to have joy because kids, individuals with fragile X, some of their characteristics is they want to be servants. Um, you know, they want to serve you and they want to uh, be selfless. And those are some top, you know, characteristics. And, and if there's people listening right now that weren't aware of that, it, it goes into more detail on that on the National Fragile X Foundation website. Um, it talks about some main characteristics of, uh, of um, children with the full Fragile X mutation. And it's very interesting to read about generally what um, their personalities kind of um, entail. And I think it's just um, honestly a encouraging thing to know because I'm, I'm sure that your, your son um, has his own ways of bringing joy to your life each day. I know that like this was maybe months ago, but you sent me a video of him doing the itsy bitsy spider, I believe. And yes. So yes. cute. he he is just the sweetest and I feel like nothing bothers him really it's it's such a quick thing and I mean you could argue the good and the bad of um you know the the fragile x but the the end all be all of of everything is kids whether they're typical or not you know they're there's so many different struggles. My sister is a carrier and she, but she has a typical son. Um, and he can just be Mr. Cranky pants and sassy. (laughs) And she, she's just like, I don't know why, you know, I sometimes just Carter seems easier because he won't sit there and say no, no, no. And her son is very sassy. So with all children, there comes so many different struggles and, you know, that that's um, to each their own, but I feel like, um, you know, they, they really are a gift um, and a decision to have one or not. Um, they really are a treasure to, to be thankful for. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to say that um, if a family decides that they uh, want to, you know, try and not have a child with fragile X, knowing that um, that is a prevalent thing in their life. I I definitely want to make sure to say that um, that is a decision amongst, um, it's just different for everyone. And so there's no really, I don't want to say that there is a right decision because I, that, that's not uh, my, um, you know, place. I, I don't have the, you know, authority in that. Um, everyone, uh, you know, has different feelings about whether or not they would like to um, try and not have a child with fragile X and explore the, those options or to just, you know, um, be okay with either uh, outcome, which is, you know, what I have made the decision to do. So um, I think that that's honestly kind of ties into what fragile X has taught me. It's that Um, I don't look at it as a negative thing in my life anymore. You know, I used to, but it's honestly grown me more than um, I could have ever imagined. So um, I just feel like there's, I feel like there's not one person out there that couldn't say that 
Fragile X has taught them something that has been for the better or for more positive. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like we could talk about that forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for the sake of time, um, let's um, move on to our, our next topic of discussion um, that I'm excited about, too. Um, on uh, social encouragement, um, I know that there's definitely a lot of families listening um, that have fragile X children of just a wide age range that are, you know, some are verbal, some are nonverbal. Um, so it, it's definitely gonna, the approach of, of social encouragement is definitely going to look different for families. Um, but, uh, for you, Kelsey, what are some ways that you've been able to encourage Carter in being social? Um, I know that, you know, things obviously currently look different with, with COVID. So not really as many, um, social opportunities, but, um, I think it can still be a helpful topic to discuss on how we can socialize our kids because it's definitely important for kids with fragile X to socialize for sure. Oh yes, definitely. And um, yes, as far as this year, or um, I I guess 2020, (laughs) because we are now in 2021. Um, So in in this the past year it was very difficult um and he before um shutdowns and things he did really well um well was starting to do really well with the behavioral interventionist therapy um and kind of like ABA stuff getting him into the public getting him around places like Costco or Walmart or big um big places, Home Depot, things like that, and uh, getting him used to seeing many, many people around. And now it's so funny because it's like, stay away. But (laughs) (laughs) it was really good for him to get used to that. And I feel like as soon as we were getting used to it, then he um, has now obviously regressed. We, we've been very um, uh, sheltering ourselves from the world right now. So my son hasn't entered a grocery store or gone really anywhere other than his grandparents house and our house um, since everything. But he has been able to be around his cousin um, who is the typical um, boy and he's two. He's very, very advanced. So um, it's kind of funny to watch Carter react to him because the two-year-old looks up to Carter as Carter is going to be five this year. Um, but he acts a lot younger than uh, his cousin Maverick. So it's just a different dynamic with, with them two trying to figure each other out. <laughs> and I think one day they'll, they'll catch on to that. But um, as far as social stuff, I'm a little concerned at how it might look like once we do start getting him out into public again. Um, yeah. And I'm sure a, a lot of Fragile X um, families feel that way because it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's been hard on us people who um, are typical thinking. Um, so having a developmental disability and trying to comprehend what's going on right now is obviously very difficult. Um, but I think that our kids sometimes adjust better than we think that they're going to. And, um, you know, it's really, really important. It, it truly is to get them around other people 
So I'm excited to, to be able to do that again soon, hopefully. Um, but it's, it probably looks different for everybody. Uh, with Carter, we just, um, we, like I said, tried to get him into stores and things with a lot of people. And, um, I don't know if that answers the question too well or not. (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. I think it gears towards, you know, how helpful therapies can be. And, um, you know, it's great to also, like you said, have family, um, around that you're still able to, um, you know, uh, go over to their house and, and that's, that's great in itself for, for Carter to obviously have that social interaction and with his cousin, um, you know, it is definitely better than nothing at all. Um, right. just to have that opportunity, um, to have, family that um you you know you feel comfortable uh spending time with obviously during this time um I think that that's that's awesome and it's and it's a reminder to um fam or other you know fragile x families that we can still you know hopefully utilize our our families that um we feel comfortable uh hanging out with um and, you know, I, I think it's important um, to not obviously completely uh, isolate ourselves, um, right. but we can always make sure that we're hanging out with even just family that we know are kind of doing the same thing as, as you are. Um, then it's a little bit easier. Um, but I totally understand for like not wanting to go into big, huge stores. Yeah. And- um, you know, like, let's go to, let's see, I'm trying to think of the biggest store, Ikea, let's go to Ikea. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> um, but no, I just, I just think it's, it's uh, good to, because obviously, like you said, Fragile X families, they're all kind of in different, um, different spots right now, as far as, um, what their social interactions look like because there's different states that are kind of more open than others. So um, everyone's social interactions kind of looks different. So I, that's why I thought it would be kind of um, helpful to talk about um, social encouragement, but um, I'm definitely hopeful too that, that uh, we'll be able to kind of socialize um you know, gradually a little bit more and more, um, as time goes on. But, um, so, um, our final discussion, um, that I wanted to talk about is on successful and non-successful, uh, medications, whether it's, you know, to help with anxiety, sleep. I know that you've talked about, um, your journey with, with Carter, um, uh, needing to, uh, sleep better, right? Yes. Um, so how has that been, been going? Well, um, we struggled, well, we've struggled, um, since he was born, um, with him sleeping. It was just like, why as an infant, we could not get him to sleep. And it, it's always been a struggle for him. And I think some other fragile X families, um, I'm sure have had to go through, through this, but Carter struggles with anxiety. Um, and obviously some, he's, he struggles from sleep apnea and, um, 
just, I don't know what you would call it, but not, <laughs> not being able to sleep at night. He runs off um, very little sleep and is 100% full energy. Um, we, oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> it makes it very difficult through the day, but um, we had the opportunity to meet um, over zoom, unfortunately. Um, but we're hoping to meet her someday, but we met with Dr. Uh, Rondi Hagerman um, from the mind Institute and she um, prescribed some medication that we kind of had to fiddle with a few times. Um, she prescribed him clonidine, which for him, um, it helped him get to sleep, but he he didn't really stay asleep very long. And um, we decided that didn't work. So he switched or um, she switched him to trazodone. And we started off on a low dose and we eventually got him up to um, 50 milligrams, which is what he's on now. And it does help a lot. Um, we are able to get him to go to sleep and stay asleep for a few hours. He still wakes up through the night, um, but not as much and for not as long. And then he he kind of gets up pretty early, but honestly, it's so much, it's been such a huge blessing versus what we had before. He's probably getting um, maybe six or seven hours of sleep, which is just phenomenal compared to the um, about two or three, four hours here and there, um, such yeah. broken up sleep. And uh, he um, was also given, so, so Trazodone was, has been great for sleep. And then she also prescribed him for his anxiety, uh, sertraline, and he's been on that for a few months. And my husband and I made the decision to actually take him off. Um, I know I don't want to discourage the use of sertraline um, because with a lot of fragile X children, it works wonders and it helps with um, speech development and, and their anxiety and just a multitude of things. Um, oh, I should also add that my son is four. Um, so, you know, we were skeptical going in on that so early, um, but uh, Rondi was very adamant that it would be great for him. And um, and we just personally made the decision to, to wean him off because for Carter, it was making him um, just cry all the time. And he... Aww. He was at 100% energy still, but then he was crying all the time. So we wanted our happy boy back. I, yeah. and I don't, I know, and I don't know what, um, we still haven't talked to her as to see maybe if there's something else that he needs more, but she also suggested, um, cause he, he has a lot of hyperactivity. So she's thinking he may benefit from, um, some ADHD medication. So, um, my husband and I have have uh, just made the decision to stop that for now and maybe try something else, um, maybe for the the overactive uh, energy <laughs> Carter, and you know maybe we're gonna try some CBD drops for the anxiety, which is a little less um, what I would consider less invasive than doing the. <laughs> the right. harder medications. Um, and I've heard yeah. so many people say, say good things about CBD for fragile X and right. Dr. Hagerman suggested, um, CBD for myself, for my anxiety. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much what we've tried so far. And I think I would never discourage anyone, 
from um, talking to their doctors or fragile X specialists about um, different medications because um, sometimes that's just what our kids and our, our brains need is a little boost of something here or there. And sometimes it's kind of a guessing game and it's a little bit of trial and error, which is, it's a difficult process, but once you find that sweet spot of something that works, it's so worth it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we just did an episode, uh, two, two episodes ago with, um, Amy who, uh, talked with us about how CBD has really helped her son. So, um, if there's anyone listening that um, has been interested in trying that, please go listen to that episode because she shares some really great um, information on that. But also, of course, um, do your own research as well. Um, and if it's something that you feel like could help your uh, son or daughter or even yourself, um, then you should, you know, consult your doctor, of course. But um yeah, I've definitely heard a lot of success in that as well. Um, and it, I mean, as far as, um, you know, just kind of lowering that anxiety level, it's it can be so helpful even to the parent because I think it allows them um, to even uh, tend to their child more. You know, they have more energy to do so because they're not trying to battle their anxiety all day. Um so what a blessing. And I hope that, um, I don't know if you said you, you have tried it or are still considering it, but I, I hope that it, um, you know, potentially helps you. Yes. Yeah. We, um, I've tried it before for myself, um, but I was not good about taking it every day, which I, I should have been, um, the only downfall is it can get kind of spendy, but it's, I've heard yeah. it's so worth it. And, Honestly, um, we have to remember that our mental health is is worth a few less coffees a day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some Exactly. Yeah, no, I I think that um CBD can be helpful for anxiety. It can be helpful just to even calm your FX child down if if they, you know, tend to do a lot of stimming and things like that. Um but um yeah, so Thank you for sharing your perspective on just the medications you've been through with Carter. And I'm so glad to hear he's been sleeping better because it's not only great for him, but it's great for you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I can get so much more done knowing when he's going to go to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's so true. Um, Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kelsey. I felt like we had such a great um, discussion and, I hope that it was an encouragement to everyone listening. Um, We're so grateful for our listeners. And um, just thank you for tuning in to our first episode of 2021. Um, We hope that everyone had a wonderful holidays and a happy new year. And we will be back soon with another episode. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, Kelsey, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX. We hope you've left this episode feeling encouraged and knowing you're not alone on this journey with Fragile X. It is our mission to provide resources, support, and encouragement to our listeners. Whether you are a mom of Fragile X children, a self-advocate, or a full mutation carrier, this podcast is for you. 
be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TalkFragileX. You can tune in to the latest episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Thank you.